Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot happening today. Let's start here. TikTok. They got to ban it or not. Yeah, well, the CEO of TikTok, uh, Shu Chu, is testifying on Capitol Hill today. Um, and I'll tell you, man, it doesn't seem to be going very well for Mr. Uh, Shu Chu. Uh, Because Republicans and Democrats are very skeptical of his entire operation. What's his name? Choo Choo? Choo 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 Choo. Yes. Is that what we're going to do today, Scott? Laugh at names? I just thought about Pete Buttigieg right there when I heard Choo Choo. (laughs) (laughs) Choo Choo is actually the most popular cuisine at tent cities across America. Goodness gracious, here we go. All right, so let's hear how he handles it. It's a simple question, right? Yeah, he, well, he was asked whether or not the parent company controlled by the Chinese government, ByteDance, uh, still has access to TikTok users' data. Okay. Yes or no? Do any ByteDance employees in China, including engineers, currently have access to user, U.S. user data? Today, all um, U.S. user data is stored by default in the Oracle Cloud infrastructure, question, and access question, to that is controlled is, by American personnel. Do any ByteDance employees in China, including engineers, currently have access to U.S. data? I like trying to get back on point to the question before yeah. they just go off in their own tangent the way they always do. Yeah. Uh, Congressman, uh, I would appreciate this. This is a complex uh, topic. Today, all data yes, is stored yes, by no, default. No, it's not that complex. Yes or no, do they have access to user data? We have, after Project Texas is done, the answer is no. Today, there's still some data that we need to delete. Okay. So the answer is actually yes. There is still data that can be easily accessed by a cutout for the Chinese government. Uh, But his claim is that, well, we still need to, to delete it. We've had this massive transfer over the last year or two. Uh, to where, you know, all that data is just stored here in the United States, even though that's a lie. But but that's his story, and he's sticking to it. But the answer, if you're saying a simple yes or no, the answer is yes. The Chinese government, if you're on TikTok and have been for a couple of years, uh, Chinese government has access to, to anything that may have been happening on your phone. And the thing is, there are so many people. They're like, well, what does that mean to me? What do I care? But this could be used in the future for so many different things. And you almost have to spell it out to people how dangerous this can be, even though they're not all that interested right now. I have a question I truly don't know the answer to, but I think I do. If I open something sent to me from somebody else with TikTok, am I then uh, putting myself at harm's way? If you're opening a link to TikTok, to t- yes, um, uh, somebody sends me a video yeah. from TikTok, which yeah. happens all the time. Oh yeah, and I open it, then they have access to me. Uh, at least some of the activity that's on your phone. Yes, God, if you open fantastic. it on your web browser. <laughs> now, if it's obviously if it's just a, a screen recording or something, no. But if you are actually opening a link from TikTok, then yes, 
theoretically, your data is also at risk here. And I like that right now you got a lot of liberals on Capitol Hill, or a few. I mean, it seems like most of the Democrats are pretty skeptical of what TikTok is, in all fairness. But there are some liberals who are really saying this is just terrible because this is how they can win elections, by reaching young people through TikTok. And they're saying, but but they need the, the little dance videos and all this stuff. You're going to be kicking out an entire generation of young people by robbing them of this platform. And I just kind of sit back and I'm amazed because the same people claiming that were the same people who three years ago said it was no big deal that the government was telling you that your livelihood and or business was non-essential. <laughs> right. So give me a yes. freaking break. Yeah. True. True. And the other one that was a butte from one congressman that was saying, you know, what we're looking at here, well, it's it's pretty much racist. But get this. Racist? Yes. Okay. Not to China, but to African Americans in the United States, because so many make money with their videos on TikTok, and it's sort of being... They're being targeted by the Republicans. I'm like, holy no, crap, yes. No, no, We'll get no. to it later. Oh, my God. I'm like, God, they will make anything about God. racism. <laughs> yeah, it's something. So more on that a little bit later. Hey, TikTok deserts popping up now. <laughs> <laughs> they possibly could be. I know. Um, Hunter Biden never got money from China. Who said that? Oh, yeah, the White House press secretary. This is incredible. So the House Oversight Committee, as we've talked about before, has published banking records showing that a Chinese state-owned energy company funneled more than a million dollars to members of the Biden family through a third party. Hunter Biden's own lawyers have acknowledged this. They confirmed it. But White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says, well, it's not true, which is strange, again, because none of the direct players are actually disputing that this occurred. Uh, Peter Ducey asked her about it. House Oversight says they've got bank records showing a Chinese energy company paying three Biden family members through a third party. What were they paid for? Look, I'm just not going to respond to that from here. Look, we have heard from House Republicans for years and years and years um, how, uh, how the inaccuracies and lies when it comes to this issue. And I don't even where to begin to even answer that question because, again, it's been lies and lies and inaccuracy for the past uh, couple years, and I'm just not going to get into it from here. <laughs> but, what lies exactly? Yeah, but that, yeah, Any specifics, Karine Jean-Pierre? Right. That, the, the story in question that she was asked about is literally confirmed by Hunter Biden's own legal team. It's not a lie. It is a fact no, not. that a state-controlled entity in China funneled over a million dollars to different members of the Biden family and the question is why? What were they paid for? TikTok videos. <laughs> <laughs> Influence, of course. Right. You know, the other thing about the laptop, and I mean, we've been trying to say for a long time, oh, yeah, it's pretty salacious. But the biggest part of this is how does it link to Joe Biden and how did he benefit from it? Not just Hunter or Joe's brother, James. But it was a family business. It was influence peddling. I mean, it's pretty clear. But also in that laptop, and I don't know how much of a deep dive you've done reading about what was found in the laptop. I mean, 
anybody that tried to sort of paint this picture of Hunter Biden that was just a guy that sort of just fell into a drug problem like so many people do, mm-hmm. and then he did the right thing and went through rehab, and he's all better now, and it, really he's always been a good guy. <laughs> Holy mackerel! <laughs> Is that the farthest thing from the truth? Mm-hmm. And the whole thing with his original divorce and then his brother's widow and how that got all mixed up and what keeps going through my head because once somebody makes a statement and it comes back to you time and time again, it's actually you, David. It's your voice in my head going, Mm -hmm. they're all bad people. They are. (laughs) And honestly, if you were to give all this information to just people that didn't know them, just change all the names, and you ask, are these bad people? You're like, of course they're bad people. Look at what they've done. And the kids that get caught in the middle of it, you feel terrible for them? Holy smokes, man. Well, Joe Biden's got a granddaughter that he won't acknowledge. It's true. And you know what? Honestly, it's probably the best thing for that kid. That's true, yeah. The farther she can stay away from that family, the better. Well, he's got wow. two, he's got two kids that are yeah, off the rails. I mean, dude. Okay. By the way, speaking of the Biden family, you have an update on the first lady. Yeah, the doctor, first lady. You don't yeah. want to doctor, first lady, doctor. It's doctor, first lady, there. doctor, sir. Got it. Doctor, first lady, doctor. Joe Biden uh, was alongside Joe Biden during this Women's History Month event at the White House yesterday, and uh, boy, he really struggled when he was talking about his wife, Doctor, first lady, Doctor Jill Biden. Roll it. This is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation. And like Jill, the first lady, the first full-time lady, the first lady who works full-time, <laughs> in addition to being the first lady, as a professor. Oh. <laughs> you got, you got Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> he, got, he, got, you know, he got caught up in all those firsts. Yeah. It's almost like a guy that's like, man, if I don't say the right thing, the doctor's going to come down on me hard. Well, I want to make sure to get this right. The first lady, the first full-time lady, the first lady who works full-time, <laughs> in addition to being the first lady. Okay, got it. Cue the uh, there. Laughter as Grandpa broke wind during Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, it is like... That's why whenever he boots something in front of an audience, everyone laughs now. Oh, we get it. We're in on it. Putin we and understand. Are shaking hands. <laughs> okay. And this guy's booting his wife up there. All right. There's a lot to get to. Oh, and what happened in Denver yesterday? The shooting at the school could have been avoided. That and much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David. There's a student in Denver yesterday. Shot a couple administrators. Yeah. Uh, it's a sad story. He shot two administrators yesterday. Now he is dead. He's been found about, what, 50 miles southwest of Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17-year-old Austin Lyle is his name. The cops say he was getting patted down at East High School in Denver yesterday. He was caught with a gun, so then he shot the two administrators and ran off. Uh, the victims are expected to make it. Uh, now, here's the craziest part to me. 
this dude was known to be a problem. They got him from another district in January. They had a safety plan for him, which meant that he would be searched at the beginning of each school day. Okay, I don't know if I'm just, I don't know, reaching middle age and getting more get-off-my-lawn every day, but if a kid has to be patted down TSA checkpoint style every single day, maybe just maybe he shouldn't be at that school. He shouldn't be at that school. And I know different people will whine about that. Well, you can't leave kids behind. No, that kid can get left behind. Um, isn't it fair to say that no kid has a right to interfere with another kid's education? Well, yeah. And we have kids that do that all the time. And it's just put up with, well, we, we can't kick them out of school. Why? It's well, hurting everybody else. Well, you know, from the last two years, you can learn just as well online. No, you can't. <laughs> of course you can't, but hey, it's available. I understand. But it has nothing to do with kicking this kid out of school. No. He needs to be kicked out of school. But if he doesn't want to be at school, he can still have school. For those who are, ying, ying, you know. It is infuriating. And, you know, I'm seeing coverage of this today on ABC and Good Morning America. And a, a few comments about this, because I understand they, they talk to a mom who's freaked out and you understand it. How many school shootings do we have to have? You know, this is going to affect our kids the rest of their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they will turn the conversation to, quote, gun violence. Yeah. Well, more on that in a second. Then they ask the kids, are you feeling safe when you go to school? Do you guys feel safe? Not really. It's hard to not have that in the back of your mind, not have escape routes ready to go whenever something breaks out. I rushed over here for the fourth time this year to get my son out of a lockdown. It, it's got to stop. I can't take it anymore. And you understand it. Mm -hmm. And part of me is thinking, you know, some kids live in those situations every day in the inner city across America. Yet it doesn't seem like legacy media cares about those kids. Is, are people doing anything to get guns off the streets in cities where the murder rate keeps going up and up and up? The Baltimores, the Chicagos, Philly, New York, you don't see it. But when we have something that can be advantageous to us as far as a message on, quote, gun violence, then we'll take it. They do that all the time. The other part of that story, which I'm actually glad that ABC included in the coverage was this nugget. Well, school resource officers were removed from Denver Public Schools in 2020 in the aftermath of the George Floyd killing. But after Wednesday's shooting here at this high school, the school district announcing that the officers will return to Denver Public Schools at least through the end of this school year, Michael. Mm -hmm. They knew they needed them before. But yeah, all of a sudden, cops are bad. Don't want them in school. And there's been problems ever since, which would be easily predictable. Mm -hmm. But they'll never listen to another side of the argument. It's just digging in on the same stuff, and you end up with the same results. I saw the letter, um, I think it was the superintendent saying, hey, it, uh, I know that I probably don't have uh, the juice to just make this rule, and we're going to get the resource officers back in there, but I'm doing it, and whatever the consequence is fine. Yeah. But we got to have them there. Which is, you know, a good idea. Because it seems like you do need them there. I okay. agree. Yeah. Um, on a lighter note, and I know we've 
touched on this just a little bit before. This isn't the biggest thing about kids today. Of all the worries out there, as we're already talking about social media and violence, everything else. But almost 60% of kids just pretend to wash their hands in the bathroom. Yeah, I used to do that. <laughs> and Robin says, that's what I did when I was a kid. Not Why? A times. I don't know. Just turn it on the faucet and ran out. I did. Okay. So... Are you saying at that point in time it was just too much effort to grab the I was soap? I just and- in a hurry probably to put the feed bag on. I didn't want to wait and just <laughs> wanted to get down there. And I don't, I don't, I mean, it was just something I didn't want to do. I just yeah. felt it was silly and I didn't do it. I, you know, I still don't. I still run out of the bathroom, but no, I'm kidding. Kidding. I don't Only know that 25% you are. of, I I'm don't not, know that you no, are either. I'm, oh, please. Okay. Do you remember the story? See, here we go. This is this isn't about you. Oh, good. This is okay. another adult that did the same thing. And I, one of you guys caught him, and I can't remember who. This was years ago. It was yeah, a I coworker just... we had. Okay. And it. I don't mean to be gross with it, and maybe you've seen this at your workplace before. He goes into the bathroom. All right. As I come in, he's coming out of the stall, which means that's a deuce. Okay. Mm-hmm. No washing of the hands. And as he's leaving, I'm like, hey, are you seriously not going to wash your hands? You said that? Yes. Oh, boy. You remember the reaction, David? He, he was not. He did not take it um, as constructive criticism. I'll just say that. I think I left it like I could be joking or I could be serious. <clears throat> like, hey. Yeah. No, he was not mad. Wash your hands? He was mad. He said something back. Don't ever tell me to do something. And I remember yelling, you need to wash your hands after you do that. (laughs) Next time we're in there, David catches him. He turns the water on, does nothing, because I've got my back turned. I'm just taking a whiz. He come out, and he just ran the water, but didn't touch anything, (laughs) acted like he did, and left, like these people do. (laughs) Who does that? Well, yeah. Psychopaths, that's what happens. You're half right. Wash the hands and light a candle. (laughs) (laughs) Golly, man. Some things you just don't understand. Yep. Okay. A lot going on. Uh, Who said Republicans just want to ban TikTok because they ain't got no swag? They ain't got no swag? Yeah. Yeah. Because all these people on TikTok, they're doing dance and cool stuff, and the Republicans got no swag, so they want it just to be done with it. It has nothing to do with national security. We'll get to that and much more coming up right now. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, a Gen Xer, millennial, and of course, a sexy boomer. Hey, so millions of Americans have a Chinese spy app on their phone. Yeah. And when you say that, they'll look at you like, you're a conspiracy kook. No, it's actually a fact. That's what TikTok is. Yes. So, but the videos are so fun, huh? Right, yeah, it doesn't matter, uh, whatever. Hey, don't don't worry about the fact that uh, China actually bans TikTok in their own country. 
It's amazing. And they've got a version of TikTok that actually the algorithm is designed to promote educational videos. They want their kids smart, not dumb. Right. And and, addicted. And in the United States, uh, it promotes self-harm, blue-haired freaks talking about mutilating kids' genitals. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there are funny dance videos, okay? Right. Uh, I will say that. China Uh, also has time restrictions for their kids. Yeah, they do. <clears throat> That's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, again, CEO of TikTok is testifying on Capitol Hill. Uh, and while most lawmakers are actually pretty open to the idea of banning uh, TikTok because uh, it is a, spy, a Chinese spy tool, some liberals are actually holding a rally in support of TikTok, including one teacher who was holding a sign saying, My teaching thrives on TikTok. <laughs> Does it? Does it really? If you can't teach without it. <laughs> Maybe you should find something else to do. Right. So left-wing representative Jamal Bowman also came up with this very serious opinion in favor of keeping a Chinese spy app running wild in the country. Okay. You know, Robert, I just realized something. Republicans ain't got no swag. That's why they want to ban, ban TikTok. <laughs> Republicans ain't got no swag. That's the problem. And I mentioned that in the context of engaging young people in the democratic process. Oh, God. <laughs> Who's doing that? <laughs> oh, a lot of Democrats actually are. That's, I mean, think about what this actually is when he's saying Republicans, because there are actually a lot of Democrats yep. who are on board with the idea of curtailing TikTok, if not outright banning it. Uh, but what is he doing? He's saying it's Republicans, because then you can get the soundbite, and then all the young voters will say, oh, Republicans are, one, are the ones who want to take my silly dance app away. Yeah. And that's what it is. And so they spread, Democrats spread misinformation and disinformation up and down TikTok in an effort to try to get young people to vote for them. Do you remember when Obama won for the first time and a lot of people said it was partly because of internet engagement, Mm -hmm. the first candidate that had really done that? And it just keeps expanding. And I've read two or three pieces about Democrats are, quote, secretly worried that if TikTok is banned, it's going to hurt them as far as their marketing to young voters. And it makes sense. And then you have legacy media joining in on that, at least in my opinion, because you watch the NBC coverage of this. And it's the sad story of what would happen if TikTok is banned. The first person they talk to is this old dude who would be so sad. Listen to this. Tell me what it would mean if TikTok went away for you, for your life. Well, I'd be so sad if that went away. And I hope it don't happen. Man, I may not be able to financially support myself anymore. The guy that makes a living off yeah. of TikTok. And then they get into even more of the emotional tugging of heartstrings with this story. For Jason Linton, whose videos on adoption and foster care have nearly 13 million followers, it's changed his life. TikTok has built us a community that we can share so much of those emotions, so much of those moments, so much of the pains. We can share it and we can just encourage one another. You know, I get it. The Republicans are talking about taking it away. You know, I, I totally get it because TikTok is the only place online that you can post videos. Yeah, because you can't do it on an Instagram reel. No, you can't do it on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, nothing else. Yeah. And all I can think about Jabal Bowman is, is that the most obvious tell 
Are you getting money from TikTok? Are you getting money from China? Oh, definitely. What's up? Yeah. Come on. I mean, definitely, that's what it is. And there's the added benefit of being able to go and say, look, the old Republicans don't want your funny dance video app right. anymore. That's really what it is. Somebody's selling T-shirts. Got swag? Right. <laughs> I love it, too, because these are all the same people who cheer when tens of thousands of people get laid off because of uh, Joe Biden's war on energy. Right. Like, but what about the TikTok influencer? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's a great point, man. All right. That time of the show. Going around the table. May not be the biggest story out there today, but it caught your attention today, David. What's your story? I, I love this. So uh, the uh, Washington, D.C., they have been trying to electrify their public transportation, uh, the bus fleet, right? Yeah. A lot of people in D.C., especially lower income, rely on the bus to get to and from work because they can't afford to live actually in D.C. proper. And so they rely on the bus. Well, guess what? They're going to have to uh, cut the D.C. circulator service in half to save money. Well, because the electrification project is so expensive. <laughs> And this was predicted. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Uh, so <laughs> basically, he says, well, yeah, the routes are on the chopping block because they have low ridership compared to the uh, WMATA bus routes and would save the city millions of dollars. They got people in D.C. going, what the hell, man? <laughs> I, I just need to get to and from work or what? Right. I, I just need to ride the bus and... Uh, but I guess, you know, in Kamala Harris's world, at least, hey, did you know that you can charge your phone on an electric bus? Yeah. Can't do that in a gas-powered vehicle. No. Man, oh, man. And a little bit later, we'll get to uh, how much money Ford lost last year in the electric vehicle division. Yikes. We're talking b b b billions. Man. But as David has said before, but not really because Biden gives him the cash. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of incentives there. It's all backstopped. Yep. Yeah. Okay, Scott, what's your story? Well, here's the headline. Great news. Lab-grown chicken is safe to eat. Lab-grown? Lab-grown. Lab-grown chicken is close to hitting the American grocery store shelves. Good meat. That's an odd name for a company that does this. A company developing cultivated meat made from chicken cells. They announced yesterday that they have received a no-questions letter from the FDA, meaning the product has been de deemed safe to eat. Major victory for the company. And those are eager to try the slaughter-free meat, protect the chickens. The product will still need approval from the uh, Department of Agriculture, which, of course, looks like a rubber stamp job now, now that they received a no-questions letter. Chick-fil-A in negotiations now to change their name to Fake-fil-A. <laughs> Um, my story today is a different kind of story. Um, and maybe you've seen the headlines. Giselle Bunchen is now speaking about the divorce with Tom Brady. Yeah, I read that. And his unretirement, mm -hmm. which is sort of like, I don't know, sports celebrity type story. But there, there's something deeper in it, I think. So she does this interview with Vanity Fair. And... She said she couldn't believe that, you know, people thought they were breaking up for one reason or another. And as I'm reading this interview, you know, and she's talking about when she was 26 and he was 29, they met, they wanted a family. Uh, she said, we wanted things together. 
okay? And then, you know, as it happens, sometimes people, they grow apart, you know, and it, it just sort of happens. And I wonder about the message it just gives to younger people. Because it's obviously, hey, it's all cool and good until maybe you grow apart and you have different dreams. And then it's time to say, so long. Forget about the kids in the picture because we still got to think about us, okay? As we go into, okay, yeah, this is nice. Setting the mood. Um, As time goes by, Giselle said, we realize that we just wanted different things and now we have to make a choice. That doesn't mean that you don't love the person. It just means that in order for you to be authentic and truly live the life that you want to live, you have to have somebody who can meet you in the middle, right? It's a dance. It's a balance. Mm. Is that what it is for the kids? So, I mean, in other words, it was his own retirement. Yes, it was. That, that pushed, I know she acted all, you know, upset about somebody suggesting that, but... Well, yeah, when you're saying we had different goals in mind, then it does mm-hmm. kind of sound like the football obsession played a pretty big role in that. Yes. I'm not saying one or another's to blame. It's this whole attitude of well, me, me, me first. Yeah. I think a lot of parents are like, you know, sometimes it's freaking tough, but you're trying to make it through for the kids because you know what happens in divorce. And that doesn't mean, well, if you're the child of a divorced kid, you're doomed for life. It doesn't mean that. It just means it could be a tougher road. And I'm not talking about a house where there's abuse and things like that. I'm talking about the sort of conscious uncoupling of Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin when two people just have different dreams and we're all to follow our dreams. She said, when you love someone, this is Giselle back to the uh, the piece. You don't put them in a jail and say, you have to live this life. You set them free to be who they are. And if you want to fly the same direction, then that's amazing. You love this, don't you, David? Yes. (laughs) Why in the world would you ever want to sacrifice for your kids and family? Why why would you ever want to do that? (laughs) Because then you might not be your authentic self. I know. I thought it's not about you anymore once you have kids. Wrong with you. I, I, I go home today. Kids are, you know, all they're running around. There's poop and pee everywhere. And I'm going to say, look at my wife. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to bail out for a few hours because I need to live my authentic self. Right. She is going to kick me in the crackers so hard <laughs> if I ever said that. <laughs> Uh, Giselle said their divorce is like a death and a rebirth. (laughs) The death of my dream. It's tough because you imagine your life was going to be a certain way and you did everything you could, you know? Did you really? Anyway. Uh, Anyway, apparently in that part of the interview, she started to lose it and then regained her composure and apologized and said... I believed in fairy tales when I was a kid. I think it's beautiful to believe in that. I mean, I'm so grateful I did. You give everything you got to achieve your dream. You give 100% of yourself. And it's heartbreaking when it doesn't end up the way you'd hope for and work for. But you can only do your part. We'll be right back with the Hallmark movie presentation of <laughs> Tom and Giselle in a moment. <laughs> Golly, that's... It's the narcissism oh, yeah. that is incredible to me. And then it says, you know, 
uh, she still cheers for Tom and will forever. If there's one person I want to be the happiest in the world, it's him. Believe me. Oh, I think it's you, isn't it? Because you're talking about your dream now. That's very confusing. Anyway, and I, again, I'm not blaming her. It's just I'm trying to make sense of these statements. Wasn't she like spotted out with some dude dating or whatever? She and said, no, that's just a friend. It doesn't take long in that world. I mean. Well, part of her dream must be dancing in that club if you saw that video. Yeah, keeping the seat warm all the time. Yes, indeed. Anyway, I want him to achieve and conquer. I want all his dreams to come true. That's what I want, really, from the bottom of my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's he's no better. That's my point. You know, yeah, I mean. You're talking about some real self-consumption there. Yeah. And again, it, I'm guessing the kids would probably like him to be together. I just hope she has enough money to pay the bills. And get by. <laughs> she always had more than him. Of course she did. <laughs> I know. It's like, actually, I'm, I'm just hoping that Tom Brady doesn't wind up in a sad, divorced dad, one-bedroom apartment somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Yes. No, the picture you're going to have in your head, David, is, you know, divorced dad Tom taking the kids to Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> but I can't oh. see him ever going to Chuck E. Cheese anyway. Uh, a man just won a woman cycling event. We'll have that much more coming up right here. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So a biological man won a women's cycling event. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I just, I mm. love this story, honestly. It's just, it's funny to me because there are people who just let it happen. And I'm sorry, but I'm just going to laugh at it, especially if they're adults. And it's, I don't know why actual women put up with this nonsense but if they're not going to speak out against it on mass then i'm just going to laugh at it because it's so silly and ridiculous that you have some a, are just getting shouted down yeah canceled and others just don't want to well, get into the fray yeah I think the key from what david said is en mass yeah yeah and they really have to yeah, collectively i, I, I fully know, support do this yeah any yeah. woman who comes out and says i this is not fair i understand i get it and i respect that and i i will support you uh throughout your entire protest against this but until on mass people start walking out of these events um it's just okay you're you're cool with it so whatever yeah but a trans cyclist won a woman cycling event in new york uh and <laughs> this is tiffany thomas who wouldn't you know it is is he's in his 40s only started cycling just a few years ago and just took the world by storm. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unreal. Has, has oh, become no. an elite-level cyclist competing against women in his 40s. And there are people quoted in these articles about, about his win saying, well, it's incredible how quickly she's risen in the ranks here in competitive cycling. Well, not, not really. If he was in pretty good shape before the transition... And then he decides, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a go at being a cyclist. Then, yeah, his basic bone density and muscle mass would dictate that he's got a leg up on a woman who is 20 years younger than him. But the testosterone levels are down. But that doesn't matter. I know that's not not the same thing. You can't. I know. Unless you've removed actual muscle tissue, then they're no. 
Doesn't Was matter. Dope from the post millennial Libby Emmons tweeted, I bet Tiffany Thomas just trained harder. <laughs> okay. I want to see her in the octagon. No. <laughs> Libby Emmons? Yes. From the I think that's sarcasm. Okay. I I'm I'm positive that's sarcasm. It's hard to tell anymore. Yeah. Because I'm not familiar with her. I'm glad you are. Yeah. Because it's like, are you joking me, man? Because that has been the take from yeah. several people in these different competitions. I bet they just trained harder. No. And the the biological women just need to train harder. And you're like, are you kidding me? you got to be joking. Put him in the octagon with somebody. <laughs> I want to see that. He didn't have to re-monogram his towels because he just flipped his name around. <laughs> <laughs> it was Thomas Tiffany. Now he's Tiffany. <laughs> it's insane, man. It is. Okay. I get the feeling that years from now, people will look back at this time and say, what? People actually went along with this for a while? This is the Markley Main Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Rob. Scott, we're back on. Get off of TikTok. <laughs> I gotta okay. I gotta start using it now because they may get banned and yeah. my dancing prowess needs to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the big hearing today. Yeah, the, the CEO of TikTok, Shu Chu. Okay. He is what? Su Chu? Shu Chu. Shu Chu. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he, he is the uh, CEO of TikTok, which is associated with the Chinese Communist Party. It's a spy app that's been mm -hmm. well documented over the past several years, uh, and it does seem like, and I'm I'm really pleased to report this. It does seem like there are a lot of Democrats on board with Republicans when it comes to cracking down on its presence here in America, because. The I mean, come on, the, the, the overwhelming evidence shows that the Chinese Communist Party is using it to spy on American citizens. And I mean, including state government officials. I mean, you're talking about up and down the political uh, spectrum where they're kind of monitoring everything they do. Yes. As a dad, I'm very thankful for this because I've told my kids for years <laughs> what this is. They think I'm a kook anyway, mm -hmm. a good part of the time. Yeah. So at least I have good company. Yeah. So Shu Chu yeah. was asked about the parent company ByteDance. This is actually the organization that is associated with, uh, with the Chinese Communist Party. They run TikTok. Mm -hmm. uh, although they've tried, TikTok has over the last couple of years tried to say, well, we're separate entities now, okay? But they're not. All right. We know they're not. Well, they had a lot of people in the United States fooled on that a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. So Representative Neil Dunn, a Republican out of the state of Florida, asked Shu Chu, the CEO of TikTok, uh, hey, has ByteDance been spying on American citizens? Can you can you answer that just a yes or no here? Mr. Chu, has ByteDance spied on Americans at the direction of the Chinese Communist Party? No. 
Uh, I, Madam Chair, I'd like to enter into the record uh, this October 20th, 22, Forbes article entitled TikTok Parent Bite Dance Plan to Use TikTok to Monitor <laughs> Physical Location of Specific U.S. Citizens. Without objection, so Thank you. Uh, the project assigned the, this to a Beijing leaded team, and they were going to follow individual American citizens. I ask you again, Mr. Chu, has ByteDance spied on American citizens? I don't think that spying is the right way to describe it. Oh, this right. is okay. ultimately... We can differ uh, on this that. Is, this is ultimately an internal investigation. Any <laughs> wow. Hey, just just let us uh let us handle this, okay, at TikTok. I know we've been lying for years about what we've been doing in terms of surveillance, but I wouldn't call it spying, okay? Right. It's just bulk data collection. Okay. <laughs> so it is funny. If you got to predict because we've seen Facebook and Twitter and you know these CEOs come before Congress, I don't know how many times and uh, different people have their say and they get their moment and they're fighting against these tech companies, social media, and then nothing happens. Mm -hmm. Do you think anything's going to happen from this? I think this one is, is this a little different. I think this is fundamentally different because you're talking about a hostile foreign government that is using this to spy on American citizens. And I, I so I do, I do think it's a little different. You know, it, it, you can almost roll your eyes at it and say, well, Facebook was kind of doing the same thing. But it's like, yeah, mm -hmm. but, but they're on our team because they're at least American. Well, I mean, there are I think there are other uh, reasons to be concerned with Facebook and Twitter and any I mean, pick Google, pick one. Sure. I think there are tons of reasons to be worried about what they're using our data for. But it's a it's a fundamentally different game when you're talking about a hostile foreign power taking the lead on something like that. Yeah. I mean, God forbid they actually like had a spy balloon just floating across the whole country. I mean, that wouldn't happen. Uh, <laughs> they wouldn't allow that. That spy balloon should have the spy balloon should have just been broadcasting funny dance videos. <laughs> Biden would have been like, what's the problem? Signing up to watch it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the White House, Karine Jean Pierre was talking about Florida. Yeah. Uh, so in the state of Florida, well, the left is very mad at the governor of Florida and the state of Florida in general because, well, DeSantis and uh, other lawmakers in the state are shutting down radical gender ideology in schools. And now they're claiming <gasps> it's getting worse because the Department of Education in the state of Florida is proposing a rule that would stop teachers from talking to kids about their sexual fetishes all the way up through 12th grade. What? what? They're expanding the don't say gay bill. There we go again. <laughs> that's that's what honestly, that's how they handled that's... it on Good Morning America. As the Florida governor barrels towards an expected run for the White House, he is leaning even more into these hot button issues, now looking to build upon one of his most controversial moves. It's but it's not controversial. It's it only... shouldn't be controversial. That but that's what I'm saying. It's not actually controversial. If you look nope. at the polling when don't say gay got passed. When you take out the political players involved, overwhelmingly Democrats approved of it. It was 60-some-odd percent of Florida Democrats right. uh, agreed with this, that no, teachers shouldn't be talking about sex fetishes with kids. Right, but they brainwash people through media. Yeah. Oh, they're just saying you can't say gay. No, that's not it. 
And I don't, I don't really that know. That was fake news. And I don't know how well this program is working. I mean, I guess the, the, the brilliance in any sort of brainwashing is repetition, right? Yep. But when you look at school board races all around the country, oh, there's yeah. been a notable shift to the right. And I think that parents are not cool with this. And I, I don't because, think the you know, you're running for school board. You're saying, you, did you know what's being taught in our school? This is what we want to get rid of. People are like, well, of course we should get rid of that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but apparently this is a crisis, according to the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. <laughs> Roll this. But make no mistake, this is a part of a disturbing and dangerous uh, uh, trend that we're seeing across the country of legislations that are anti-LGBTQI+, anti-trans, uh, anti-community uh, in a way that we have not seen it in some time. And so, and it's not just the LGBTQI plus community. We're talking about students. We're talking about edu- educators. We're talking about uh, just individuals. Okay, you haven't said at all, how is it dangerous? Yeah. They never do. And so the president has been very clear. This administration has been very clear. We will continue to fight for the dignity of, of, uh, of Americans. Who's taking away anybody's dignity? Nobody. 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 Uh, for the dignity and respect uh, of the community, of uh, opportunity that should be given to uh, students and families uh, in Florida and across the country. So, again, this is just plain wrong, and we're going to continue to speak against. But never give specifics. Yeah. Because the specifics are against you and the people are against you when it comes to this. But something interesting. I take more exception with the president has been clear. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a flat lie right there. Um, In the coverage uh, from ABC, I'll, I'll pare this down. I get to the point where... I have a few questions. A DeSantis spokesperson telling ABC News there is no reason for instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity to be part of K-12 public education. Full stop. But opponents say it could put students at risk, barring young people, even those in their senior year, from seeking a teacher's help if they're struggling with their identity. The White House calling it part of a disturbing and dangerous trend of laws targeting the LGBTQ community. (laughs) Okay. You're a senior. You want to go to a teacher because you're confused about your identity? That's the best place you can go for that? Is that what you're arguing? Are you out of your freaking mind? How does that make sense? (laughs) Again, man, I'm trying to go back to this. What is the argument that the opponents say? But opponents say it could put students at risk. At risk of what? Oh, I would imagine they're. You know, I'm kind of thinking I'm this girl, but I'm I'm really a guy, and I can't go to any people at school. There's no one else I can talk to about it. Oh, well, it's always dangerous, and people will die. A lot of this social contagion happens online, as it is. You're not going to go. What? You're not going to talk to your parent because well, the left doesn't want you to do that. No, because it's like a cult. And the first thing you got to do, get away from your parents. Don't even talk to them about this sort of thing. You can talk to us. We're it's welcoming and safe. Freaking grooming freaks, man. Barring young people, even those in their senior year, from seeking a teacher's help. (sighs) What, for homework? No, just thinking I might be a dude. What? That doesn't make any sense. There's no good argument there. Teach them how to read. Thank you. That's it. (laughs) Yes. You know how far these kids are behind already? Because you kept them out of school? It's crazy, man.
But yeah, they're going to be going after DeSantis on this for sure. And there's another story out of Florida, David? Yeah, I, I just love this. Uh, so the Daily Beast and a few others have picked up on this. Uh, for the next two years, the largest LGBT plus conference in the world will be hosted at Walt Disney World in Central Florida in direct defiance of DeSantis's crusade to punish the company for its pro-LGBT stance. So they're bringing in more than 5,000 people who will spend money in the state of Florida, and that's supposed to be an own of Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> we'll show you by giving you money. Yeah, that's... yeah, you could send a little of that cash flow my way if you want. If you think be that, fine. <clears throat> if you if you think that that's some sort of win, yeah, yeah, go right for it. Hey man, if that's all it takes to bring five thousand conventioners into your state, yeah, every governor right. ought to try it. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Something else, man. Uh, we got to get to is Hunter Biden. You know, with all of the deals going on, benefiting the Biden family. Hunter used an FBI mole to tip him off to when China, when there were probes going on of China. We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David, we'd be better off with you delivering the story from your news background. All right. Try to follow along because it's. I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible. It's from Miranda Devine, New York Post, who's broken so many different oh, gosh, stories around yeah. Hunter Biden, the Biden family, how they profited off influence peddling. And the headline at the New York Post is Hunter Biden used FBI mole named One Eye to tip him off yeah. to China probes. Yeah, basically somebody <laughs> somebody within the FBI, aptly named One Eye, yes, uh, told his Chinese bid- business partners that they were under investigation. Correct. So yeah, I mean this guy's very well connected. Obviously, that's that's. The benefit of being the crackhead, screw-up son of the vice president and now the president of the United States. So it sort of starts uh, with Dr. Gal Luft, um, a former Israel Defense Forces lieutenant colonel, deep intelligence ties in Washington and Beijing. Okay, and I suppose it's worth a read if you want to get more of the details from Miranda Devine. But I guess for our purposes... He knew these people in China and had been tipped off that Hunter had a guy either in the FBI or was former FBI, but he always knew what was going on. Well-placed, who they paid lots of money to, to provide sealed law enforcement information so they would know if there was any investigation going on. So after, you know, one eye, <laughs> it's going to make you laugh every time. Every time. Honest. Um, said that uh, the Southern District of New York was investigating him or another one of Hunter Biden's Chinese business partners in late 2017. Um, he offered Hunter $1 million to be his private counsel and flew to China, leaving his wife, daughter, son, mother, and nanny in his $50 million penthouse at 15 Central Park West. 
detained in Shanghai three months later and disappeared. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. accused of being an arms trafficker. Yes. But the big part of the story to me is that the Bidens were, you know, always getting tipped off to when investigations were going on. Of course, it's common courtesy. It's sort of like there's no dramatic raid of Joe Biden's think tank office or his home or his beach house. It's all very coordinated when he has classified documents in his possession. And then this company out of China paid more money, another $4.9 to Hunter and Jim Biden in monthly installments for 14 months. That's a lot of cash. Sure is. A hard but all because, business. I mean, Hunter Biden's a genius when it comes to energy. <laughs> They're not paying for any influence. No. Come on. Wow, dude. <laughs> One eye. Sounds like something out of Tombstone, doesn't it? What is that, 17 hands in a row, one eye? Nobody's that lucky. <laughs> You're cheating. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, where did that name come from? Yeah. I was like, oh, it's from Men Sandman. It's Metallica. <laughs> Sleep with one eye open. Sleep with one eye open, yeah. <laughs> what if you wore a patch, one eye? <laughs> you can do that, too. Here, I was just thinking about some of the lewd photos on the Hunter Biden laptop. And Speaking that of one may eye? Have been oh, man. You know what? Let's switch gears. Yikes. You know what? Uh, this is kind of crazy. I saw this out of nowhere yesterday. I didn't know this was happening. There's a new documentary that looks at, quote, John Lennon's lost weekend romance <laughs> with Yoko Ono's secretary. May Pang. Have you ever heard of this before? I've heard of it, yeah. They're doing a documentary on it. He was with Harry Nilsson, and there's a couple of other people involved. They were just hammered and wasted. But Yoko gave the okay. Yeah, to have the fling with May Pang. Because yeah. they were fighting. Yes. And I think we have a little bit of the trailer of that. My name is May Pang, and this is my story. Yoko walked into my office and said, John and I are not getting along. I want you to go out with him. What? Well, are you kidding? I can't do that. He's my employee. He's my boss. He's your husband. I was 23, and my first boyfriend was John Lennon. You're going to watch it, aren't you? I think I know most of it. I think I've read most of it over the years. Somewhat interested for sure she did not realize it was going to turn into such a big love affair what she thought it would be two weeks gone goodbye she told me this is something you've taken john back and i said what she said, i think it's time i'm not even going to say what happened some of it was ridiculous one way of putting it had you known of this story before david no i i did not i i know the this the lore of the lost weekend i just i didn't Realize there was a blessing and a hall pass involved. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently so. Very traditional relationship they have. Well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to give peace a chance. Right. I don't know. Maybe she was thinking, I obviously ruined your life. Uh, maybe you could have fun for a couple of weeks, I guess. <laughs> now I want you back. Okay. This is the Markley Fan Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day would be what? Biggest story of the day is that Shu Chu, the uh, CEO of TikTok, is testifying on Capitol Hill. And I, I am glad to report that it seems like uh, both Democrats and Republicans are putting the screws to the guy just a little bit. Uh, to, because it's a Chinese spy app, we all know it, and they're yes. twisting him up in knots, and maybe we'll just get this thing banned. We'll see, man. 
there's something that tells me Democrats don't want this to happen because they use that as a tool. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We bend the knee to China all the time. It's hard to imagine we'd actually stand up to China on something, but, you know, we shall see. All right. A lot of stuff to get to. Um, And another update on the whole TikTok thing next. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. The Millennial, David Van Camp, the sexy boomer. Maybe homering. Scott Robbins. Homering? Got the Gonzaga hat on. First oh, time yeah, I've well, seen this it. was a gift from one of our listeners. One of our great listeners sent it yeah. to me. Who's a big Gonzaga fan. Yeah. And so I'll be watching the Zags today. Yeah. Bandwagon. Okay, well, so sure, anyway. Man. What do you think? I pick losers. I, I'm no, I don't root for any winners. <laughs> I'm going to feel good about myself for at least temporarily. Uh, Update on TikTok, David. Yeah, so we've got this hearing with the CEO of TikTok going on on Capitol Hill. Shu Chu is his name. And, I mean, we've been hearing some pretty remarkable things happening. Uh, For one, uh, he denied openly that um, the Chinese government was using TikTok to spy on people. And then a representative said, well, here's this project that y'all were involved in where you were actually trying to figure out how to track individual people's locations in the United States. And then his response was, well, I wouldn't call that spying. Okay, that's just a difference. That's just a difference of opinion. Okay, depends on how you define spying, really. (laughs) Meanwhile, the U.S. government is still considering whether or not to ban the Chinese spy app, which is used by 150 million Americans. Uh, The White House has said that they are worried about TikTok in terms of national security. And yet they keep inviting TikTok influencers into the White House. Yeah, all the time. The damnedest thing. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> Joe Biden even appeared on the platform on St. Patrick's Day. So spokesman John Kirby was asked about that little disconnect. Hmm. We, uh, we have not changed our national security concerns uh, about the app. Uh, it's, it's, not, uh, on, uh, it's not for use on, uh, on government uh, devices, and uh, I don't have anything more for <laughs> you on that. Yes, wrong. Scott. Get on with it. <laughs> and, um, and, um, <laughs> golly. This happens a lot with the curbster there when he's a little and, uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, bang, 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 yeah, bang. Message if the administration is weighing a ban or could in the future have to weigh it. We have been very consistent about our concerns over TikTok. There's a CFIUS <laughs> review underway. I, I know you want me to tell, tell you more about this, but I'm just not going to get ahead of that. Oh, okay. There's a CFIUS review. Got it. I never heard that word before. That's the uh, Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. Thank you. I appreciate that, David. That's why you're here. (laughs) Help out the dopes. Part of the Treasury Department. (laughs) I thought it was some Greek thing at first. (laughs) King Siphius. Siphius. (laughs) Loves TikTok. By the way, you know, some people are going to have a case of the sads if they get rid of TikTok. Uh NBC had it, this poor old guy and a guy that makes his living from it, you know? Tell me what it would mean if TikTok went away for you, for your life. Well, I'd be so sad if that went away. 
and I hope it don't happen. You man, I may not be able to financially support myself anymore. Okay. There's Instagram Reels. Is yeah. it really that different? <clears throat> I mean, I mean, I've I never, know. I've never know. gotten TikTok because we've known for years exactly what it is. I've got, I've gotten both sent to me, the Reels thing and the TikTok stuff. I'm, I don't, I don't have apps for either one of them, but people well, send them stuff to me. YouTube Reels has, seems to be pretty popular. Yeah, you got Reels. You got uh, uh, YouTube is actually doing short videos like TikTok now. Yep. I mean, there, yeah. there's a bunch of other places that you can go. And I guess their concern is, well, I built up an audience here. But again, I, I hear that argument. I'm like, okay, well, how many people does that really affect? And I'm sorry, but when you're cheering on, shutting down, you know, businesses during the pandemic or cheering on putting people in the oil and gas industry out of work, it's a lot more of those people than there are TikTok influencers. You know what would be funny to do is just clown people on the left just have a bunch of conservative people go out and say, I don't know if I want this band because then what will the person that runs Libs of TikTok do? How, <laughs> how are they going to make a living? Yeah. Her, her livelihood this is gonna be really on sad. TikTok. Libs of real? <laughs> Libs of reels. Yeah, reels. Um, you could rebrand that thing pretty easy, I'm sure. I mean, it's just insane liberals saying stupid things. And then they hate it because it's like they're outed for their stupidity and craziness. That is one of the fascinating things we've seen. Um, other news out there. Saw this at Wall Street Journal today. Ford projecting to lose $3 billion Jeez. on electric vehicle business for 2023. Hmm. Um, subtitle, Automaker says it wants to give investors more visibility into performance of its three business units. What? Okay, so you can go deep in the weeds uh, with this piece. You got the F-150 Lightning pickup truck, the Mustang Mach-E SUV, and a plug-in cargo van. Mustang SUV? Yes. Hmm. I think you're trying to compete with Tesla a little bit there. Didn't even know about that one. Okay. Oh, yeah, the Mustang SUVs kind of look weird to me. Do they? Yeah. How do you explain that vehicle? It's, it's kind of like if you had some sort of love child between a Mustang and a Honda CRV. Yeah. Kind of That's pretty well said. Yeah. Okay. This can't look very good to people. The thing is is we keep talking about electric vehicles and they put dates on it and by 2030 the infrastructure is not there. No. It's not going to be there. And I and I, I'm sorry, I mean, I, I know that there are people who, for leisure, you know, will have trucks and some of them like the electric vehicle and all that. But I, I don't know too many landscapers who are eager to switch over to an electric truck. It, it just, I mean, at the end of the day, if you want that kind of towing capacity, you just have to, you, you kind of have to have a, either gas or diesel powered vehicle. To me, all I can think about, man, is what Toyota's doing. Mm -hmm. They're not looking at electric vehicles that much. And I mean, I'm oversimplifying this, I'm sure. But you've seen the same pieces that I have. Yeah. They're looking at hydrogen and other things as far as, quote, clean energy. Because electric isn't it. No. There are people that really care about the environment. I mean, everything that you need for the electric vehicles, I mean, that's dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
as far as mm-hmm. carbon everything else. It it just doesn't make sense. But it does seem like and they have enough people around the world believing that this is has to be the way to go with wind and solar and electric vehicles yeah. that it would be irresponsible. Have you seen any increase right. in electric charging stations yourself? Um I've seen a few popping up, but uh, again, I, the 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 whole Inflation Reduction Act and other initiatives that the Biden White House has done has been almost a pre bailout because they knew that any American car manufacturer that took advantage of this would not see any return on investment for years and years and years, and which is why they're giving away so much money to these people to well fire people in their existing factories and build new factories with fewer staff. Uh, to build these electric cars. But I, I'm with you, Jamie. I mean, when you see the head of Toyota saying, no, we're not, we're not going down that road, um, that should be a pretty good indication of what the future really is. I mean, you look at the leaders. Yeah. Toyota's been a leader for a while. I mean, I know that might anger some people. You're just going by statistics. Mm-hmm. You seem to have an idea and a grasp of what's going on. You know, and this is a completely different side of the story a little different but i noticed this watching tucker last night they were talking about carbon emissions and you got you know the heads of the world coming together and you know i'm paraphrasing it basically saying the united states has a 33 percent more responsibility to go clean than anybody else including china and india why is that when china puts out double the carbon emissions as the united states and it was like that report we had the other day as far as like BlackRock and their investments. They're saying, yeah, we, in the United States, we can't have all this drilling and this oil. And, oh, my gosh, we can't do it there. But as long as it's in China, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Either way, BlackRock gets their money. Right. But they have to look like they care about the environment. Right. <laughs> it's what a freaking scam that is. Mm-hmm. Anyway, saw this story on a lighter note. Um you know, sometimes you got to use a public bathroom. Depending on where you're at, it could be pretty gross in there. So people are talking about tricks that they've come up over the years to avoid germs in these public restrooms. See if you've ever done any of these. Using a paper towel to open doors or turn on faucets. Yeah, I've done that. I haven't done that. <laughs> 62% have. Mm. So far with your answers, I'm not surprised either way. Two. Flushing the toilet with your foot. Do that all the time. I've done that. Okay, we've all done that. Yeah. All right. Hovering over the toilet seat. It's a little hover. Mm. Not going to go cheeks on it. No (laughs) way. It it depends on how much of a struggle I'm in for. Exactly. (laughs) I was looking for a way to say that. You just did. All right. Yeah. If I I know it's going to be, to quote Whitesnake, slow and easy, (laughs) then maybe I'll try the hover. But if I'm going to have to really put some some elbow grease into it, (laughs) sorry, I I need the support. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I need to yell into a towel. <laughs> <laughs> Only 31% have done it, hmm. and that's including women. Yeah. And yeah. I've talked I've to several that. women. That, yeah, me that too. Yeah. Some, uh, some women I know, they hover every single every time. Every time they're in a public yeah. bath, yes. You just consider it leg day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Working the glue, every muscle you every, got. Absolutely. Hold in place. Um, opening and closing doors with your butt. Now, I've not done that. 
Like you just kind of lean in. Closing, but I don't have yeah, the dexterity opening. to open the open, door. Yeah. Oh, I guess I, it's a push. Yeah, 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 push. yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, one thing. It. But how okay. do you? Usually on the way out, maybe I've done it. Yeah. Thing, what do you sort of get leverage with your butt against the handle and then try to like do a quick hip move? <laughs> Sometimes you can just kind of push it. Yeah. Okay. And then using your elbow to start the hand dryer or paper towel dispenser. I've done that. Yeah. You haven't, Scott. I can tell. I usually you just wave your hand in front of it. Well, in the ones where it has a button. I don't like pushing those things. So you just don't you don't just dry. You just go out with wet hands. Yeah, just shake them off. Got it. Well, every time that they're out of paper towels in the restroom here, and you come out with wet hands, man, you're griping and moaning. What? Well, <laughs> people are paid to do that. It's your job. I think they do that at night. Well, you think between the night and the time we get here that we've used it all? What's going on? News update from Van Camp. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Famed lawyer Alan Dershowitz has really ticked off some people on the left. Remember the scene at Stanford, the law school? You yeah. had students protesting. Yeah. The Cap- judge that was there? Yeah, Captain Spirit Fingers was in attendance, I believe. They were. Yeah, they were doing all the snapping. Yeah. Because the federal judge, Kyle Duncan, was there to speak, and they didn't like it. And then the DEI lady was lecturing him. For many people here, your work has caused harm. Has caused, has caused harm. And I know that must be uncomfortable to hear. I know that must yes, be. Yes, again, me- if you hadn't heard it, they don't clap because that might be offensive. They use spirit mm-hmm. fingers. Yeah. And just snap their fingers. Yeah. It's the name <laughs> of our new album. Anyway. It's so dumb. Dershowitz said uh, that disruption uh, was not just a well, you know, uh, sort of spur of the moment thing. It was actually planned out ahead of time. Planned out by the National Lawyers Guild. This effort to suppress conservative speech said now not all the participants that were causing a ruckus were associated with them, but the main organizers were. And that guild praised every single person who participated in the disruption, calling it Stanford Law School at its best. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Snapping. <laughs> yes. What are they going to do about gavels in the future? The judge bangs the gavel. Nah! <laughs> judge, we want a safe space. The judge is going to say, so be it. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even... I, I don't even know where I am anymore. I just Well, so Dershowitz goes on to say, let us understand what the National Lawyers Guild is. That it begun in the 30s as an alternative to the American Bar Association. Its original membership consisted of traditional left-wing liberals and communists. And then after Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union made their pact in 1939, most of the liberals resigned. But it's still going on to this day, and he explains this guild has never abandoned its Marxist-Leninist beliefs. It supports Antifa, and he has all the receipts for it. And apparently the National Lawyers Guild 
hates America because in 2020 they passed a resolution declaring, listen to this, the United States government is based on and dedicated to preserving white supremacy, mm-hmm. heteropatriarchy, and imperialism. The United States uses its various government agencies to implement its policies and crush political resistance. I think most people would hear National Lawyers Guild needs, okay, whatever, not realizing that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. The left is very unhappy with Alan Dershowitz for pointing this out. Also said they rely on useful idiots who may not agree with them or their aims, but whom they can exploit to achieve those goals. Oh, absolutely. Like that DEI lady, the guinea pig and a moo-moo-looking lady. Yeah. (laughs) I'll take guinea pig and a moo-moo for 100. That's a hot take. I want to hear more of that. I hope you can learn, too while you're in this learning institution. I hope you can look to the spectacle yeah. of the Illinois, to the people oh my gosh. holding Lecturing the federal judge. Yeah. How you could learn something, too, from these kids at Stanford Standing Law School. <laughs> the judge should have just, like, thrown down just a little bit of straw for her to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Her nose was I would have laughed. Yeah. A little twitch, Here, twitchy nose. Here's, here's a piece of lettuce. All right, guinea pig, get out of here. <laughs> and it also reminds me of a completely different story about how college admissions are down mm-hmm. in so many different schools. And you understand why. I mean, that's just one story. This stuff happens all over the place. That's like another story. If you wanted to do an update every day of the insanity... Well, college institutions, you could do it easily. It's also just the insufferableness of it all. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's not even just a basic disagreement. These people are boring and they are insufferable. Yes. And it's also this smugness. People that haven't lived at all, like they are the moral high ground. Mm -hmm. It's really something, man. This is the Markley Main Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A lot going on today. Well, the CEO of TikTok, he's got a stressor going on because he's testifying today yeah. in front of Congress. I love that when someone asks, hey, did the Chinese government help you prepare for this testimony? Yeah. It was like the sort of non-answer. Uh, like I said, Congressman, this is a high-profile hearing. A lot of people around the world were sending me wishes and unsolicited advice, but I prepared for this hearing with my team here in D.C., so you didn't say no. What? A lot of people, well, wishes and unsolicited advice, but yeah. I prepared with my team here. Mm-hmm. He never said whether or not the Chinese government helped him. Yeah, he well, answered a question that wasn't asked. Well, yeah, and, and it's everybody knows the Chinese government can only operate in China. Right. Yeah. Can't operate in D.C. <laughs> uh-uh. Come no. On, man. 
It's not like China has its tentacles in the United States. Yeah, or actual diplomats in the United right. States. Or actual balloons flying overhead. <laughs> <laughs> or part of universities on it goes. Yeah. Your plumbers. Of course. You never know. Um, so keeping an eye on that. This was news to me. Um, the NAACP wants a travel advisory for Florida. Yeah, what? the NAACP in Florida is asking for a travel advisory warning. Black people, stay away. Because Hold on a second. Uh oh. You all right, Scott? It's just my. I'm sorry. My brain just numbed up. <laughs> he did. This if I'm to paint the picture, the elbow went to the counter. Uh, he he just... slumped two feet, elbow to the counter, head on the side, hand on the side of the head. Like I can't take another second. It's going to be all right, Scott. So, it's going to be crazy. Okay. okay, go yeah, ahead. Well, well you know, the, DeSantis wants to make black people second class citizens, and that's why. The Florida Department of Education said no thanks to the pilot course for AP African American, uh, not history. What was it? African American studies. Wait, I, I'm trying to make sense of this. Mm -hmm. uh, like, wait a second. His Surgeon General is black, correct? Yeah, I believe so. It doesn't matter. None of that matters if you don't go along with what. Mm -hmm. The left says, as far as education, we want to rewrite the history books, and you better do it, or you're racist, and we want a travel advisor. Yeah, DeSantis was asked about it today. Okay. What a joke. Yeah, we'll see how we'll see how effective that is. You know, just remember, during COVID, the, these people would be on CNN, all this stuff, slamming Florida, saying we were so bad, don't go to Florida, and then they would end up being spotted on the beach somewhere, vacationing in Florida. So this is just ridiculous. I mean, that is a great is a line. stunt to try to do that. It's a pure stunt. And fine, if you want to waste your time on a stunt, that's fine. Look, I, I, I get, but I'm not wasting my time on your stunts, okay? That's good. Well, another thing that, you know, he didn't mention is that as soon as they arrive in Florida, people of color, their books are seized. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they go through their luggage to take all their books out. Yeah. Yeah, his his uh, Florida State Guard is there saying, let me see your paperbacks. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Okay. And, oh, update on Trump. He's not getting arrested today. Uh, no. But what's going to happen with this? Know, is this whole thing just dead? This is an aphrodisiac for the far left. What do you mean? They get excited. <laughs> They're all tingly waiting for that moment when he does the perp walk. Have you seen? I mean, it, it's almost pornographic at this point. <laughs> oh, I, I think so. Have you seen the uh, AI-generated images that people are sharing of him being arrested? Yes. Like they, they <laughs> yes, they're making artwork about him being arrested, arrested, and photoshopping stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen it all. Wow. They don't want to win so much. And the Manhattan <laughs> DA is out there, and he's. Screaming about, you were putting a target on my back. Well, what did you expect was going to happen? But I really do believe you know, there is some serious? sort of weird sexual component to this. Okay. Like they're stimulated by seeing <laughs> bad things happen to Trump. I mean, it's just arousal happens. And they're almost okay. giddy. I mean, Morning Joe, my gosh. <laughs> See, that guy. I, don't, I don't know if you actually have a point or I'm thinking about how you used to watch that show with all the freaks and the one woman married the Ferris wheel because she was attracted yes, to it or something. Yes. So you've got all these fetishes in your head or yes. I don't know what it is. 
But yeah, I mean, it is well, pretty kooky. Actually, I have some insider knowledge here, is that apparently in the bedroom when Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski are are feeling it, yeah, Joe Scarborough actually sits in the corner in handcuffs, dressed up like Donald Trump, while he watches Mika make love to her boyfriend. <laughs> oh golly! So, <laughs> see, this is too far for me. Well, we, we start with we have a germ of idea when we bring it to the table, and that germ of an idea spreads. Now we've got Joe Scarborough in the corner in handcuffs. <laughs> of all the things I didn't think we'd cover today, that's fantastic. Yeah, oh, I, I didn't know that one was coming. Okay. Weirdly enough, the boyfriend's dressed up like Joe Biden. Oh, right, yeah, it's crazy, yeah. Meanwhile, uh, K through 12 curriculum is social engineering kids to become radical left wing warriors. What's this story, David? Yeah. So the Center for Emotional Intelligence at the Medical School of Yale, uh, their child study center, uh, they, they're not very transparent about what they're sending out to thousands of schools across the country. Okay. But now there have been some whistleblowers. Fox News got uh, the exclusive report on this. This curriculum developed by Yale Medical School is using emotional persuasion tactics to trigger children attending public school to become angry about social justice causes and aid them in developing an intersectional identity. So these lessons, uh, it really does come across as, uh, uh, as a cult where it is about yes. separating the child from everything that grounds them in real yep. life. Especially and, the parents, yep. Yeah, and so the lessons go deep into people's, into kids' emotional states. Uh, for example, uh, the guidelines tell you to employ strategies to nudge your students towards feeling red, angry, when you're preparing to discuss topics such as injustice. To shift your students into the red, consider showing them controversial photographs or news headlines, or consider prompting them with a thought-provoking topic where they are required to choose a side. So it's, in other words, show a horrific image of something happening and then try to apply that to whatever you want. That is classic cult brainwashing. It really is, man. I mean, we knew this was going on at universities. It's just they're going younger and younger. That's how you, you know, change a country from the inside out, obviously. Well, you know what I'd like to be taught in those same schools? This piece I saw at the Federalist, and it's lengthy. So I would just say, if you're interested, you can certainly find it. It's good. Mark Hemingway, the title is, For five straight years, the Pulitzer Prizes have rewarded misinformation. So yeah. basically, you could teach your students that while... The Pulitzer used to be held in high regard. It isn't anymore for any critically thinking person. Because it's been story after story reporting on stuff that wasn't real for years that was getting the Pulitzer. I mean, we would watch this happen. And then oftentimes no retraction mm -hmm. from the whole Russia thing mm -hmm. with Trump. I mean, that was endless. And then at some point in time, people knew the truth and still kept reporting it as if it were true. Yeah. Oh, give them an award. Don't walk it back at that point. Then you have everything with COVID. You have it with masks. I mean, so often there wasn't any real reporting done. 
And I think you would say this, David, having gone to school, what was the, the actual department? Was it journalism? Was it just broadcast? It's a, I think the, the title they use now is media studies. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's being taught there today as compared to when you were in school there. And how long has that been? Like 15 years? Uh, somewhere around there, yeah. Do you, I would guess that the kids going to school, you know, in that department, by what they're being taught, not yeah, I mean, looking at reality? Well, when I, I mean, when I was in college, and again, not terribly long ago, you could see where people's political persuasions were. You understood that. You understood mm-hmm. where they were coming from. But the focus was more on uh, language, on how to write concisely and clearly, how to, I mean, one, make sure that you're getting a story right before you report it. I mean, that was part of it. And and so I, I don't, it just does seem like more and more what people are being taught is, but what do your feelings tell you? you know? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Tends to be it more than anything. And it Which is if you're that, giving any kid advice on anything, it's like, don't let emotions drive your yeah. decisions. Well, and what I really want to teach my kids, and I think a lot of kids need to learn this lesson, is that uh, don't ever just believe a news article. Don't ever right. do that. Always look for something else out there to maybe provide a counterbalance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to be truly informed. To me, it's like you got to read from three different sources um, to really know at least or at least to know the shape of whatever it is that you're reading. And that's true. And preferably from different sources that have maybe different political bents, um, just to make sure that you are getting a bigger picture, because they're going to lie to you. I mean, the biggest example that I can think of recently was just this past week, Rolling Stone magazine. Oh, that's uh, a great example. They they wrote this story about an ABC News investigative journalist who was raided by the FBI, and the suggestion in the original story last year was that it had something to do with him investigating uh, the FBI or the feds, or maybe it had something to do with his uh, upcoming book about the Afghanistan withdrawal. But then it turns out, no, it's kitty porn. And Rolling Stone, the editor-in-chief, knew that, that he was connected to a federal investigation about child pornography. The original reporter had that in her report. The editor-in-chief took that reference out. It's unbelievable. And then let everybody believe, well, it was probably the federal government cracking down on free speech. <laughs> Never believe what these people tell you. Not at face value. By the way, another part of that piece in the Federalist, real quick. Had you ever heard this very old joke about the headline the New York Times would run in the event of the apocalypse? Have you ever heard this? No. no. The headline would be, World Ends. Women and minorities hardest hit. (laughs) (laughs) And they say it's basically played out. Yeah. (laughs) Over the last few years. It's actually very funny. Okay. Well, I suppose we should get to this Biden clip in a minute. You Mm -hmm. want to do it now? Uh, Let's get to it in a minute here. I think. Okay. Yeah. It's it's really, it's unbelievable. I haven't heard this yet. He's talking about how Jill left him a note asking him to stop what? Trying to make her love him? What does that mean? The Bonnie Raitt song, I think. I can't make you love me? Something like that? Okay. Yeah, we need to get to that. And Kirsten Cinema, talking about old guys eating jello. It's worth the wait. Coming right up. (laughs) 
Thanks for being here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Get to the Joe Biden clip in a second. Saw this at Daily Wire. Walter Wendler, president of West Texas A&M University. Man, oh man, he put himself out there by, yep, we're canceling the student drag show. Wow. Not here. Oh. Not oh, happening. Oh. And he wanted to explain to the students why he made that decision. And so he sent it out. It was also a post on his blog. He blasted drag shows. And see if you've heard this sort of argument before. Because he's pretty bold. Or Wendler said, um, here's the deal. You guys wanted to raise money for the LGBTQ advocacy group trying to prevent suicide among LGBTQ youth. That's noble. And it's a tragedy for any person to consider self-harm. Okay, But... Each and every person has human dignity, and that idea is foundational to American life. Drag shows violate that dignity. He says, does a drag show preserve a single thread of human dignity? I think not. As a performance, exaggerating aspects of womanhood, sexuality, femininity, gender, drag shows stereotype women in cartoon-like extremes for the amusement of others and discriminate against womanhood. Any event which diminishes an individual or group through such representation is wrong. West Texas endeavors to treat all people equally. Drag shows are derisive, divisive, and demoralizing misogyny, no matter the stated intent. Such conduct runs counter to the purpose of West Texas. A person or group should not attempt to elevate itself or a cause by mocking another person or group. As a university president, I would not support blackface performances on our campus, even if told the performance is a form of free speech or intended as humor. It's wrong. I do not support any show performance or artistic expression which denigrates others, in this case, women, for any reason. You know, I've never heard it compared to a minstrel show, but I haven't either. that's I, not I, that caught all my that far too. off. Yeah, it caught my attention, too. I, that's why yeah. I brought it yeah. up. Yeah. No, like, that's, wow. that's a great line, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Mocking or objectifying in any way members of any group based on appearance, bias, or predisposition is mm. unacceptable. You said a harmless drag show? Not possible. Wow. That's um, so hate riddled I can hardly stand it, though. The same people who piled on Megyn Kelly are going to call this right. guy a bigot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, what's the Biden clip? This sounds strange. This is weird. He had this Women's <sighs> History Month event at the White House yesterday and shared this very strange story. Okay, roll it. Jill has, and I think I told Nancy this before, Jill has put some messages on my mirror while I'm shaving, so I make sure I see them. <laughs> and one that was put in about a year ago was, stop trying to make me love you. Hmm. What's that well, mean? Well... Not entirely sure. Stop Any more context? trying to make me love you. Unless he, like he's trying to woo her too much. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe. Apparently he's told the story, not, not that particular note, but he's told the story about her leaving notes on the mirror so that he sees them. And all I just think is, oh, yeah, that's what happens with a lot of senile people. <laughs> people leave notes. It's true. <laughs> leave notes reminding like, hey, make sure the oven is off. Things like that. Simple prompts and commands. For His other one said, lift the lid. 
Yeah. <laughs> Cinch up your diaper. True international depression. <laughs> Who knows what that means? This is the Barkley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, uh, biggest story today, if there is one. If there is one biggest story, I would say it's the CEO of TikTok, Shu uh, Chu, testifying on Capitol Hill today, being grilled by lawmakers as they are trying to crack down on the Chinese spy app that is TikTok. Yeah, there's more on that to get to. Oh, we still have to get to uh, Kirsten Cinema. She was talking about different Democrats, like old men eating Jello, talking about themselves. We got to get to that. It's pretty good. That's so funny, but I like. I don't know why it is either. I saw that. I'm like, what does Jello have to do with anything? I don't know, but that's pretty funny. (laughs) She's going after the Democrats hard now. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like sending people to chase her into the bathroom was a bad idea. You may be right about that. And Robbins has his top three all coming up. Trifecta next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, Gen Xer, Millennial, Sexy Boomer. Okay. News update, David Van Camp. So the uh, CEO of TikTok, Shu Chu, is yep. testifying on Capitol Hill today about the spy app that he oversees. Um, and he says, hey, I wouldn't call tracking people's individual locations as uh, spying. I, uh, that's just uh, We just have a disagreement on terminology here. Mm. <laughs> okay. Right. It's interesting to me, and I think this is important to pay attention to, who is going to bat for TikTok right now? And I'm not talking about users. I'm not talking about people who are addicted to it or who like it because they have funny dance videos. I'm not talking about your 16-year-old or, or whatever. I'm talking about the people in positions to know that this is a national security threat and are defending it anyway. Pay attention to these people, because I don't think it has anything to do with actually defending the app. To me personally, I think they're bought and paid for. Me too. I mean, there's 100%. a cybersecurity expert who says, if you think the U.S. needs a TikTok ban and not a comprehensive privacy law regulating data brokers, you don't care about privacy, you just hate that a Chinese company has built a dominant social media platform. It's like, you know, actually, I I, I can think that maybe the government should step in when it comes to data regulation of domestic companies like Facebook and Twitter. I don't have a problem with that either. Nope. But the issue is that Google and Apple routinely let TikTok violate their rules because the Chinese government has told them to. They've said, Apple, hey, you want to keep doing business with us? You want to keep getting iPhones mm-hmm. built with slave labor? Yeah, you better let us violate your terms. Like Apple, they bend the knee like so many American corporations yeah. do. And, and Apple, I think, is a bad example just because Apple actually does have pretty strong privacy uh, regulations on their own without the government. I mean, we talked about it, the San Bernardino terrorist attack a few years ago. Mm-hmm. where Apple was not handing over uh, the ability to break into that terrorist phone because yes. they said this might compromise the security of everyone's phone. So, I mean, they're willing to go up against a counterterrorism branch of the FBI. I, I think, yeah, they, they actually do take this stuff pretty seriously. 
but they don't make <clears throat> billions of dollars from them. Right, right, exactly. But they but they'll look the other way with right. TikTok, and so TikTok again is a fundamentally different animal than uh, Twitter or Facebook. And if you want to have the conversation about data protection with those companies, I'm all for it. But don't pretend like this is the same conversation. Totally agree. Totally agree. Oh, and before we get to the trifecta, can you give us the uh, Kirsten Cinema story? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Kirsten Cinema, a uh, senator out of Arizona, uh, used to be a Democrat, but then switched to independent because her own party kept throwing her under the bus all the time because she didn't just completely toe the party line. She wouldn't get dog walked around the Senate by Chuck Schumer. Um, and in response to a strong independent woman, the Democrats sent a legion of freak shows to follow her into the bathroom to protest her. Yes. So well, anyway, I think they forget. I mean, she broke her own glass ceiling. Well, I mean, she's the first openly bisexual senator. Is that right? Correct. Amando something said like that. Okay. Yep. Politico has this story, though, because she's been hitting the road doing some fundraising of her own, and apparently she's raking in cash from Arizonans. A lot of Arizona voters like what she's doing, or at least like the spirit behind what she does. Uh, Politico has this story, though, a quote, as she races to stockpile campaign money and post an impressive statement-making first-quarter fundraising number, Cinema has used a series of Republican-dominated receptions and retreats this year to belittle her Democratic colleagues, showing her G GOP allies, or I'm sorry, shower her GOP allies with praise, and in one case, quite literally, give the middle finger to President Biden's White House. The middle finger was a symbolic gesture to Ron Klain, former chief of staff, when Cinema was describing Klain trying to whip together Democratic votes in the Senate, and she just apparently flipped him the bird. That's and then <laughs> at a Washington reception with GOP lobbyists, Cinema also boasted that she's no longer caucusing with the Democrats, um, and she says, that's great because I don't have to do these stupid lunch appointments with the party anymore. <laughs> the quote is incredible. Yeah. Old dudes are eating jello. Everyone's talking about how great they are. I don't really need to be there for that. That's an hour and a half twice a week that I can get back. <laughs> Listen, I don't agree with her politically on a whole lot, but I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I'm sure that's it, because that's what you picture. Captain Nats, people like that, all <laughs> of those people in D.C. You know what I did years ago? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Who wants to sit around for that? I don't blame her. It's going to be called now. The Democratic Party, in my mind, will always now be the Jello slurping caucus. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robbins, you ready for your big three? Yeah. Well, let's do this. Are you ready? One, two, three. Look you It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day. The trifecta helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kato. Buddy. Yes. How you doing? Uh, I don't know how he's doing. Good. Well, no, good. Good to know. Um, yeah. Always three. Always health, you know. Yeah. Uh, three. Number three, an Amazon delivery driver. Man, you talk about career dedication. He delivered a package during a police standoff. Yeah, a video of this guy floating around. Amazon delivery driver shows up at a residence. There's an active police standoff. Going on. A SWAT member stops him. Hey, Amazon guy, what's the deal? So the guy gave him the package, took a photo to confirm the delivery. It was an Amazon Prime. We got to be there in two the days. The guy gestured to the house and said, hey, I got to deliver this, man. It's part of my job. Well, you can't. 
It's an active crime scene. You're not allowed. So he handed the package to one of the SWAT guys. Said, I got to prove it. Took the picture. Somebody in the neighborhood uh, shot the video for him. <laughs> this happened last month. It's unclear what was in the package, by the way. Or if it was ordered by the armed suspect inside the building. We don't know that either. But he did his damn job. And for that, we salute you, sir. Well, and in fairness, Jeff Bezos has his family locked in a basement somewhere. <laughs> you don't know what they'll do to them if I don't deliver this package. <laughs> exactly. Right. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Scott Robbins, Drive Pecta. Two. Uh, number two. So Kirk Cameron, he's been doing a... Uh, uh, sort of a clap back to the whole drag queen story hour mm-hmm. doing a christian centered story hour with kids at public libraries apparently one was crashed by satanic nuns whoa yeah he's he's been denied by the way like 50 libraries have said no we don't want you here finally somebody in fayetteville arkansas said hey come on in so they did so it's a book actually that he wrote it's a children's book about the fruits of the spirit kindness love that sort of thing so he's reading this, but then word got out that the uh, they they who was going to be doing this, you know, Kirk, you know what his sin is? He's a Christian. And they don't like that. We'll have none of that. So uh, there was a bunch of parents there, a bunch of kids there. All of a sudden, the disruption starts. A group of activists. Yeah, they were guys dressed as uh, what they call themselves hillbilly harlots. They dressed as satanic nuns. They were walking around and yelling and blocking people, including the children, from seeing or hearing Kirk Cameron read his children's book. Of course. Now, I have a question. Yes. If Kirk Cameron himself crashed a drag queen story hour with actors dressed as avenging angels, we'd be reading about it, wouldn't we? Or hearing about it somewhere? Yes. I thought so. Yeah, people would be weeping. Winning hearts and minds, ladies and gentlemen. That's these idiots. Yes. Now, on with the countdown. (laughs) Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. One. Uh, Number one, MSNBC's Joe Scarborough, remedial English Muppet that he is, (laughs) is exhausted by the Republican Party. He is darn tired of it. He tweeted, I, I really find the right's constant hating on America exhausting. The military, the courts, the intel community, the press, the press, <laughs> colleges, teachers, you name it, they hate it. And now we're compared to uh, North Korea? Seriously. They are just a parody of themselves. Heal thyself, Joe. Heal thyself. Unbelievable. Okay. Telling people they need to revere institutions of power. That's the least least American thing I can think of. It is. He brought up there are massive problems with all of them. And he's like, and the media. Unbelievable. If you don't mind, I I want to relive a clip. I think I can find this fast. Do you remember? Wasn't it Joe that said it was like horrific that no one covered the Hunter Biden story? Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't. Right. His no. own network didn't no, cover it. Did. And then he acts like no one remembers. What did he say? Everybody should have been far more aggressive after after the investigation uh, was made public. But what about during the campaign? Not only did mainstream media not pick it up, but also you, you had bans from Twitter. You had bans. I don't know about YouTube. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm so tired of people 
complaining about institutions. But there were social media bans on this being misinformation. And I think what we all need to really examine, it's not Hunter Biden, because I've always sort of seen it as a Billy Carter situation. It's what the media did do and what the media didn't do. Most importantly, what the media did and didn't do during the end of that election cycle. New York Post comes out with it. They're the mm-hmm. only one that comes out with it. And then it is banned on social yeah. media. That's bad. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's horrific. <laughs> guy's a clown, man. Well, I don't know what else you know, to say I, about I, I just want to say, won't someone please think of the intel community, the press, and the colleges? Those poor people have suffered enough, haven't they? Oh, of course, yes. <laughs> right. And there you have it. And there this you have it. Guy, Scott Wright, right. he's just aching for a beating. You know, sometimes it's like my old friend Kung Fu Drew used to say. Sometimes it's the most loving thing you could do. Straight somebody out. Okay, uh, we got to get to another news update. A lot going on today. And Nimrod's in the news. Straight ahead, right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, one thing we didn't have a chance to get to, another plane scare. There's been like seven recently, like close calls. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. They were on this uh, Good Morning America, I think Strahan, uh, like introed the story. Um, I think I have that. Now to a mid-air scare in the cockpit of a Southwest Airlines flight. The plane had just taken off from Las Vegas to Columbus when the pilot suffered a medical emergency. A pilot who worked for another airline happened to be a passenger on board and stepped into the cockpit to help with communications as the co-pilot took over and flew the plane back to Vegas. This new incident comes amid the FAA's urgent call Mm -hmm. to action following a recent series of alarming close calls on the runway and in the air. Okay, so luckily someone on the plane that could take over. Yeah. Happy for that. Medical emergency, that happens. There's been so many of these close calls that you wonder what has happened. Yeah. I thought that's why they had co-pilots. Yeah. Well, part of the news report, this is astounding. What the FAA did, I just want to see your reaction. So I'll play the audio of... The news dude. sent this warning to pilots, to airlines, to everybody who works at airports across America. They say pay attention and focus on your job, which seems remarkably obvious, but it comes on the heels of several avoidable <laughs> incidents. That- Hold on. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Stay focused on your job. Duh. Yeah. yeah. The FAA had to send that out. What are they doing? They're playing free cell on the cell phone or something? <laughs> I mean, what's going on? They're making TikTok videos? What is happening? Hey, just a heads up, focus and pay attention to your job when you're working. Okay, (laughs) carry on. Holy smokes. Here's another part of the report. FAA with a new alert urging continued vigilance from all airline and airport employees. Vigilance? Yeah. Sometimes you just take things for granted. You just figure they are, right? Like they don't need to be told. They're flying like hundreds of people. In a can, 30,000 feet above the ground, yeah. You always hear about how stressful those jobs are, and you know, oh my goodness. Well, I'm sure they are. 
But he goes That's on. A sharp reminder coming on the heels of at least seven close calls at American airports, including one at New York's JFK Airport, where a Delta pilot had to slam on the brakes after an American Airlines plane crossed the runway. Delta 1943, cancel takeoff plans. Rejecting. <laughs> and then you hear it, doesn't he go, like, whoa. All right, then. Uh, the- <laughs> Gosh dang. All right, then. Woo. That's a close one. Well, yeah. That's alarming. Is the transportation secretary looking into this? Don't know. Mm, no, of course I think not. He's busy. He's got other stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now we haven't heard much about Ohio. Any of the latest? No, as far lately, as it's air, water, just, that nothing. went away. Yeah, yeah, that's gone. But, I, mean, I was thinking about that this morning. We haven't heard about that. We haven't heard about Fetterman for a long time. There's all these stories. We haven't heard anything. Well, dude, think of it this way. Think of all the news out there. I mean, every day there's how many stories we're not going to get to. Yeah. There are a ton of things. It's not just in the United States. It's all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Biden's going to say something nuts every single day. Or at least every day he's out there every talking. Every day he's out there, yeah. Yeah. One thing after another. And we have to get to Nimrods. You can't stop doing Nimrods. Unless you want to. No, that never stops. Okay, no. that's what I figured. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. It would be hard to believe that this could have happened 15 years ago. Fresno, California, there's a 38-year-old guy, Keith Chaston. He has now been arrested for the 10th time in a month. 10th arrest happened two days ago when the police got a call about a guy driving a stolen truck. So they went out, and there he was. They got Keith again. Um, You know what he told police? No. Hey, I was actually on my way to the police station to pick up my personal property from when I was arrested before. (laughs) Oh, so he was trying to get his life together in a stolen truck. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Got it. I guess that would happen all the time. You're constantly going back to pick up stuff. Um, Wow. He is facing 18 felonies and 15 misdemeanors. An array of charges, including stealing six vehicles, DUI, vandalism, fraud, possession of a controlled substance, and more. Did he at least get like a free sub sandwich or something? (laughs) We don't know. Freaking Otis Campbell lives. (laughs) And real quick, a tech millionaire had his jag stolen. By a tender date. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we know for now, and that's Nimrod's in the news.